fun last night. The uh, NHL awards, Paul Bissonette making fun of everyone. And then somebody decided that it was a good idea to put Connor McDavid fifth on their ballot. Not first to make him the uh, a two-time unanimous MVP. Not second because, I mean, if he's not first, he's certainly second. Not third, not fourth, but fifth on the ballot. I mean, at that point, that feels like a bit of a troll job, doesn't it? Like at that point... I thought it, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was somebody from Boston because Pasternak got the first place vote. And then it, and then it, we don't think it's from Boston. Like this has become CSI, the Jeff Merrick show trying to figure out who didn't vote for Connor McDavid. I'm trying to figure out what exactly Connor McDavid needed to do for that person. To go, you know what? They, Connor McDavid should finish first. The guy had, 153 points. He won the scoring title by 28 points. He scored over 60 goals. He he's incredible. There's there's no explanation for this. So now we have become an investigative show where we try and figure out who the person was. I don't know if they're going to release the results in terms of who voted for what. I know some people, some people were afraid that they were going to get called out and they knew it wasn't them. So they decided, you know what? I'm going to put my ballot out there because there's a lot of hand raising going. I didn't do it. I know Anthony Stewart tweeted me last night, pointing the finger at David Amber to which David quickly replied saying that it was not him and that he voted for Connor McDavid as it comes up on one of the screens that I'm looking at 195 first place votes, one fifth place vote. That was more comical than anything. Um, also, as it pertains to, to Connor McDavid last night, we know uh, Ted Lindsay award winner, the Hart Trophy winner, Art Ross winner, Rocket Richard winner. He needs a really big trophy case in his house. But what the what really kind of rounded out the night nicely was to have Ben Stelt, Stelter's family out there to present Connor McDavid with the MVP award. Um, that was a nice little touch by the NHL. And I know that the NHL gets criticized for a lot of things that they do, but that one, uh, that one hit home. And I know, uh, I know personally, I didn't have a dry eye and I know there were others that, that felt the same way. So very good on the NHL, very good on Connor McDavid. And I do love that in his opening speech, when he won the Ted Lindsay, that he said, you know, thank you to all hockey fans and even you Flames fans. It was the first bit of personality that I've seen from Connor McDavid, and I greatly appreciated it. Greatly appreciated it. The other thing that I appreciated yesterday was a little bit of trade action. And, you know, we talked about chaos yesterday, and it was a quiet day yesterday. And I, I anticipate that things are going to ramp up a little bit here as we, you know, the draft is tomorrow night. The first round starts tomorrow night. I envision that we're going to see a little bit more movement today than we've seen, you know, in the last, or at least we, that we saw yesterday. Uh, and for those that don't know, I'm sure you do. But to recap, Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno head to Chicago. Alec Regula and Ian Mitchell, who played for Jim Montgomery uh, in university in his freshman year. Uh, those guys head to Boston. A clear salary cap dump here. We understand all of that. Uh, but as our friend Jimmy Murphy from Boston Hockey Now points out, like this may just be the beginning here for the Boston Bruins. Like there's 
There's still other moves that need to be made here. You, you can look at Matt Grizzlick and moving his money. You can look at a buyout of, of Mike Riley. Like there's a lot of things at play here for the Boston Bruins. Um, the Taylor Hall thing is super interesting because when you look at the history of Taylor Hall played for the Oilers, they weren't very good. He played for the New Jersey Devils. They weren't very good. Went to the Buffalo Sabres. They weren't very good. The Arizona Coyotes, also not very good. Then he goes to Boston, finds a home, and really kind of embraces the role of playing on that third line and, and was really good in the playoffs for them. And now he finds himself again on a bad team with the Chicago Blackhawks in like a mentorship role. And I didn't think this was going to come this early in his career. I mean, he's been in the league a long time, but... You know, he's not the same age as Nick Felino, who, by the way, signed a, a one-year deal worth $4 million. Good for Nick Felino for getting paid. I know Chicago needs to get to the to the floor, but that's a that's a nice little bit of business for, for Nick Felino. As, uh, as a, the great Andrew Brandt would say, a sports business Hall of Famer right there. Uh, but Taylor Hall heads to Chicago, and, you know, very interesting to see what that dynamic is going to be with him and Connor Bedard. They bring in a former first rounder and first overall pick. And we'll see what kind of mentorship role he has there. He does have two years left on his deal. So we'll see. It's also another piece that they could move maybe next season. We're hoping that this is just the beginning of the craziness this week. Uh, but our next guest will be able to tell us more. Matt Marchese in for Jeff Merrick on the Jeff Merrick show. Elliot Friedman on the other side. Let's get started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Coming up later on in the program, we will be joined by Robbie Stanley, host of Robbie and Rex Road on 102.5 The Game in Nashville. Talk about draft week, talk about the awards last night, everything going on in Nashville and what the Preds may be up to. Gord Stalick, Leafs Nation pre and post game and co-host of the Morning Skate on NHL Network Radio in the second hour and Phil Thompson from the Chicago Tribune on those Blackhawks. But first... Elliot Friedman, the, one of the stars of the show last night. Uh, the first question I have for you is, um, how hot was the Nashville hot chicken? Oh, it was hot. I, I like it. I, I, I really like uh, spice. I don't know about you, but I I'm do. a spicy food guy. So I, I, that, that does not bother me. Like, to me, the spicier, the better. Yeah, I, I, it's, I mean... It, doesn't sit well, but I still eat it because the flavor is fa like you can't have stuff that's too hot that you can't taste anything. Like that's the part yeah. that gets me. But I've heard I've heard rave reviews about Nashville hot chicken, and it seemed like oh, you really it, enjoyed it. It was excellent. Like I, I know when they put those things out in front of you. I don't know if you're really supposed to eat them or not, but uh, <laughs> I was taking the option to put them that way. That and the beer, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, firstly, the panel was great. I thought that I thought you guys had a lot of fun on there. Um, Biz was fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. How much did you enjoy doing that? Because I know that's not like your normal thing that you would do, but it seemed like you had a lot of fun. You know, I think it's a great question, Matt, because I would agree with you on that. It's, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I think it's important just as a human being from time to time is to be pushed out of your comfort zone. Uh, I, I think it's important to do things in life that aren't normally you, um, that, you know, stretches your, uh, you know, you know, you know, your personal personality and things like that. Um, so I really like that about it. Um, you know, also we talk about, you know, hockey has to do things, you know, players have to 
show their personality more. So you can't sit there and bitch about players not showing their personality more if you're not, you know, taking some leaps yourself. I mean, look, like uh, I, I said last night, I think I said it a few times to people, biz is like BXA on steroids, right? Yeah. Um, like when I'm on a panel with Kevin, like he's the guy. And so you kind of have to feed him like, you know, Gretzky passes. Not that I'm comparing myself to Gretzky in any way, but you have to feed him, and 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 you kind of. Work. <laughs> I don't know if working his shadow is the right term, but you know he's the star, and, and you make him look good. Um, on that panel last night, uh, you know, Biz is the guy, and you know you, Liam and I are there to kind of set him up and wind him up, and and he's the guy. And, you know, when it was over, I have to say yesterday, um, you know, you go out in the audience and Biz is absolutely mauled. Uh, people love him. And uh, I really do think right now, if you were to ask who, like, the most powerful media person is in the sport or the most popular media person is in the sport, uh, I would say with him. And the most important thing is he's very gracious with people. So um, it was funny. I like Like, he said things last night. Yeah, I've got a governor that he doesn't have. <laughs> he said things last night I, I couldn't stop. Like, you know, the squirting milk at Sarah Valley and going after Brad Tree Living and Shanahan. Like it was it was funny. I really liked it. Yeah, he, he was he was excellent. You basically had and just this is just to keep with the 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 level of this show, just for a nice dated reference. You were the Ed McMahon last night. Um I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> uh you are correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the only there were no real surprises last night with the awards. I mean, yep. you could you could make the case that the Calder was maybe a little bit closer, but I, I mean, Maddie Beneers was fully deserving of that. Same thing with the Jack yep. Adams Trophy. We could go along the list. I think the biggest surprise was that Connor McDavid wasn't unanimous. Now we don't yep. know who the culprit is because I will that call will them the culprit. Out. It will. That, that will that will come out because we make the. Well, Frank's in charge. Frank Cervelli, he's the head of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. And we all know going in, we tell anybody, like I'm on the committee to help set up who votes. And, you know, whenever we invite someone in for the first time, we remind them that it all goes public. Like everybody's going to know who you voted for. So at some point in time, um, this is, you know, this is going to be public. Now, I, I have to say, I've looked at a little bit online. I, I don't like it. Like I, like, I disagree with the vote. I do. Sure. I, I don't. Look, if you want to vote Pasternak first, that's your choice. I, I don't have a problem with that. I disagree with making McDavid fifth. I, I, I don't think anybody agrees with that. However, what I don't like is, like, I know a lot of media members who complain about getting piled on whenever they write about something or say something and, People get upset. They're like, and, and I don't like piling on people at all. I, I, I think it's very distasteful. I mean, certainly at times we all deserve criticism, but it, it, it you reach a point where it moves. Everybody thinks it's cool. Oh, that person said this. I have to agree or I have to jump on or I have to add. It becomes a pile on. And I, I think that's a joke, really. Now, and I'm just looking at it right now, and, you know, to me, I see a lot of media people out there just saying, "Oh, we got to know who this is," and it's like, you know what? Like, some I'm I'm sure a lot of those people out there who are like just salivating at the chance to embarrass this person, 
um, you know, are probably the same people who, uh, you know, say, hey, like, ease off or leave this person alone. Like, it's like, you know, like, uh, it's, you know, like, I think there's a kind of a weird thing out there. I can't tell you how many people I see who take shots at people and they tweet out, like, mental health or things like that. It's very hypocritical, and I don't like it. Like, I disagree with the vote. I do. I, I, I don't, you know, if you want to put McDavid second on a ballot, fine, but I don't think he should have been fifth. But what I see from some media people here just salivating at the chance to embarrass this person, I think that's disgraceful, quite honestly. My only thing is, is like, if you, if you here, and I, this is going to sound bad, but if you put Connor McDavid fifth on a ballot where 195 other people put him first, you're yeah. almost looking for attention at that point, it feels like. You know, I mean, um, <coughs> I've, I, I've heard that critique before. Um, you know, I remember there was one year, it was about 20 years ago, where I, I can't remember who won the MVP in the NBA, if it was Shaq or Iverson, but whoever it was got all of the first-place votes, and then the, there was one first-place vote that went to the other guy. Like, I, I honestly, I can't remember if Shaq won and Iverson was second or Iverson won and Shaq was second, but there was one person who voted for the other guy. And, you know, he went out and started did it, doing a media tour. He made, like, a, a tour of it. And, and that was definitely attention-grabbing. Now, I, I'll say this. I think I know who this voter was. I don't know <laughs> for sure. So I'm not going to – because people were talking about it last night. Like, in media circles, people were like – when the vote came out, they were like, who did this? And the name started <laughs> kind of coming up. But I don't know for sure. I didn't ask them. It's if it is who I think it is, they're not somebody who likes to cause a lot, draw a lot of attention to themselves. Um, but we'll see if it's that person. And uh, I would say in this case, I don't. If it is who I think it is, uh, Matt, I don't think that's true. Uh, but again, I, I disagree with the vote. But I, I don't like the pylon that's coming. Yeah, well, it's and it's coming. <laughs> we oh, yeah. we yeah, we know is. we know that that's coming. Um, I just think I think it's pretty funny because Anthony Stewart actually, when I said like I can't believe somebody voted Connor McDavid fifth, Anthony Stewart immediately pointed the finger at David Amber, who quickly responded with a tweet saying it wasn't me. I voted for Connor. So everybody went to their own defense last night and said, "Here's my ballot. This is what I did." Um, okay, enough. Oh on- yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that too. And I, on some level, I kind of understand that. Sure, people like. Like, I had a bunch of people coming after me, and did you do it? Did you do it? And and, the, and I'll just say it wasn't me. Um, uh, I didn't respond or anything like that. I just, I'm just like, you know what? I know the votes are coming out today, and I just, I'm like, ah, I'll just leave it till the, till the votes come out. The funniest thing about that David Amber thing, I think that's hilarious, by the way. Good job, Anthony. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, with that whole Cerevelli segment last night, um, you know, I, I was at one point in time, I was going to say, like when he was answering questions about the voters, I was going to say, is it true that David Amber is the worst voter? But the whole thing went off the rails so quickly. I didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah. And, and, uh, the first, I actually thought of something while I was driving in today. I said, I wonder if it's for somebody from Calgary because McDavid being there and Matthew Kachuk, who was the other guy who didn't get the first place vote, who probably should have in Pasternak's place. 
That was what I thought of. If it's somebody from Calgary, it was very sour. But anyway, uh, moving on to bigger and better things here. Uh, so yesterday's big news, Taylor Hall heads to Chicago along with Nick Felino. Felino signs a, a one-year deal <laughs> worth $4 million today. Uh, a clear yeah. salary cap dump by the Bruins. We understand that. Um, uh, before we get to the Chicago part of this, for, for Boston, uh, they're not done yet, are they? No, they'll try to get Bertuzzi done now. From what I understand, they kept on you know, letting Bertuzzi know, just wait, 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 we want to do this, wait, wait, wait. Um, uh, and now um, I don't think Bertuzzi knew that that's what they were going to do, but I think they will go to Bertuzzi now and see if they can get it done. So I also heard they wanted to keep Hathaway. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, look, looking forward to seeing all these moves. I think it's going to be a busy couple of days. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I do think that, um, you know, Bertuzzi, getting Bertuzzi done is, is, is number one on the Bruins checklist. Do you think we're going to see more salary cap movement for them too? Like we've heard Grizzlick's name. Uh, I, I think I think that move probably tells us that Linus Allmark is staying. They still have to the read. They have to sign Swayman to an extension, and Mike Riley's name has been out there with as a buyout candidate. Uh, do you think there's more salary dumps to come as well for Boston? Uh, I don't know about that. Like I, I mean, the name we've heard a bit is Grizzlick, but you know, I. <clears throat> You know, yesterday, I like, I, I had a pretty good idea what the trade was yesterday. I, I put out when, um, I, I put out when uh, I heard that Boston and Chicago were talking. Um, but you know, you're never know, you're never sure until you're sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard Grizzlick's name. You know, I think the other thing too is there's been some rumors that Boston has kind of been talking about their goalies and I definitely think they're getting calls on them, but it was a bit awkward last night. Cause you know what? Like Lena Olmark, you had a pretty good feeling he was going to win the Vesna. And I think Boston was like, we don't want this kind of conversation going on around that. And, you know, Omar goes up on stage and, you know, when we did the rehearsal yesterday, Matt, we were like, there is no way he's going to put this sash and tiara on. <laughs> and he did it. And so it's, you know, it's, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm really rooting for that guy. But I, I think Boston's got a lot of balls in the air and we'll see where they all land. Uh, okay, so from the Chicago perspective, um, I mean, I don't, maybe Taylor Hall wasn't the guy that they were targeting all along, but it does fe- really feel like a, a nice fit, at least from the Blackhawks perspective. Not sure how Taylor Hall feels about going to Chicago after playing with Boston, but, um, you know, he goes to Chicago. He's a former first overall pick himself. I- I'm sure that was, I'm sure that wasn't the main reason for Chicago to bring him in, but I'm sure it doesn't hurt when you bring in a guy who's had that experience. You know, a highly touted first overall pick, much like they all are, not quite of the Connor Bedard level, but um, that kind of stands for something, doesn't it, in all of this? So what do you mean exactly by well, that, Matt? Well, in terms of, like, they bring in a guy who's kind of been there before, right, oh, to, yeah. to be okay, a mentor yeah, yeah. For, for Bedard. Well, two things now. Like, they got, you know, <clears throat> they had to get to the floor. They're now right around the floor, if not right at it, by my math, and I was told there'd be no math. But, like, the, n- the number one thing is, and you said it there, you have to give the kid a chance. You have to, you, you can't just say we're going to have nobody around them. And now what you've done is you've got two uh, veteran NHLers around them. Um, and especially in Felino's case, you know, if guys are going to run at him, Felino can stand up for that. And Hall is a guy who can finish. 
Now, I think the one thing about Hall is I think he was hurt at the end of last year. And, um, you know, obviously Chicago is not concerned about it. He's, you know, they traded for him. If, if he was not cleared to play, they would know about it. So, I mean, you just hope that Hall's healthy. But, you know, like he's going to play with Bedard and, and it's going to be a great combination. And, you know, we'll see how like, Hall's got two years left. We'll see how long he, he stays in Chicago or they flip him. But uh, he's going to be a really, good, a really good piece there for Bedard, a guy who could really play with him. And that's important. You have to give the kid a chance. Well, and it's a shrewd move by by Kyle Davidson in that, you know, you you didn't really have to give up anything to get Taylor Hall. And if you flip him for something, you're already in the positive, right? Because, you know, you, you could probably get more for Taylor Hall if you decided to eat some money maybe next year and, and you can get some assets back. So I think it's a good bit of business on multiple fronts by the Blackhawks. Um, okay, uh, some news from today. DJ Smith will return as uh, as mm-hmm. Senators head coach, that from Pierre Dorian. Um, I don't feel like it's much of a surprise, but this is this is a make-or-break year for, for DJ Smith in that, you know, the next year on his deal is a club option. So he's got to make some hay here. Um, no surprise there for you, I'm guessing? Uh, no, I, I mean... I think now, like, it's kind of weird, you know, for for coaching situations not to be clarified by now is yeah. a bit strange. We have two of them. Um, you know, Anna, I mean, Anaheim, I mean, Ottawa was a little bit different because um, they're going through the sale and Pierre Dorian had his media conference day and he said that they did speak to the possible new owner, the likely new owner, I guess, Michael Anlauer about... Uh, about DJ Smith, and so he's back. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like that's where we all thought this was going. Just the it's timing. Just whenever your whenever your team is for sale or you're going through a sale process, you're not really sure about what's going to happen. Yeah. The Toronto thing. I mean, we're still waiting for a Keith announcement. Well, he's coming back. I just uh, I, I, someone told me they may have punted the assistant coaching situation into July, um, which is which may be the reason for all this, that they're waiting to make an announcement. It seems a bit strange, but Tree Living's meeting with the media today in about an hour and a half. So we'll see, we'll see if he has anything to say about it. But I was wondering, because I was checking into the assistant coaching position and someone said to me that they might wait until July now after the draft. So maybe that was what they were waiting for, but we'll see what he has to say today. I'm not surprised on Smith. I thought he would be back. Uh, that was my expectation, at least anyway, um, uh, Matt. And uh, today we get our confirmation. Uh, just on the the assistant coaching search there, does it kind of just feel like the guys that are there are still going to be there if we move this into July type deal? Well, I think the one thing that um, the one thing that I, I think might be a little bit of a concern there is that. I think at this time of year, what some teams do is they open a window for a certain amount of time. Like if you want to talk to our person, whether it's an assistant coach or an AHL coach and they're employed by another team, they say, look, you can only talk to this person for this long. And if you haven't made your decision by then, then we're not, we're withdrawing permission. So I think that's the only thing Toronto's got to kind of work around here. I I think that's a possibility in these cases, Um, but you know, it's Toronto. Um, they'll pay well. It's a high-profile job. It's 
it's high risk, but it's high reward, and they'll have no shortage of people who want to talk to them about that job. Uh, just uh, further on Ottawa there, Alex DeBrinket. So we're still waiting, and Pierre Dorian said he doesn't envision that he's going to move into the first round. I don't think that tells us much about the Alex DeBrinket situation, but has there been any traction there, and is there... Is there maybe a team that we weren't expecting that could be in it? Like we know, I know we've heard a lot about Detroit and that, that makes a lot of sense, but is there maybe a team that you think might be more in it than we had originally expected? I, I think there have been teams who've looked at it. Um, I like luck. Like it's Alex Brinkett, man. He's a 40 goal scorer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even on what was quote unquote an off year this year, he still had what 70 something points. Like, this is, you know, this is a good player. This is a player who can score. And, you know, everybody checks in. Now, how many people were serious? I think that's tougher to kind of see. I, you know, I, I saw that quote. I mean, obviously, that was the eyebrow-raising quote. Um, you know, I said on the pod the other day, the thing about Eiserman is, I think Eiserman knows in this particular deal that he's a bit in the driver's seat because he knows the Brinkett would like to play there. Um, you know, he knows that um, the leverage, you know, shifts towards the player as opposed to the team in this particular case for the Brinkett. Um, you know, unless unless a team wants to only acquire him for a year and use his qualifying offer, he's, you know, you, you want to sign him to a long-term situation. The player has a lot of leverage there, Matt. Um, I, I think that it makes it harder for Ottawa to make this deal. You know, Eiserman, he's a real grinder, too, and there's a limit to what he'll do. He'll say, I'm going to do this, and this is about it, But and, and it, I don't go any farther. So, you know, Pierre Dorian's trying to do as much leverage as he can. I think the other thing, too, is it's, it's a really cap-tight league, but he's a good player, and people are always interested in good players, and I know all the Senators would like to get this sorted out in the next day or so. They might have to be a bit more patient than that. Like, one of the things we're kind of looking at here is Winnipeg, I think there's a very good chance that the Dubois deal happens today, but some of their other ones, we might be meeting, waiting a while. How, because I, and, and maybe this, this kind of answers itself, but you talked about it yesterday. The free agent class is not what people deem to be the strongest in recent memory. Does that mean that, you know, some of these deals uh, in terms of trades may just creep into July and, and potentially into August because nobody's, you know, I'm not putting aside $10 million of my budget for free agents because I, I don't think I need to spend as much in the free agent market just because I don't like it very that much. Is that something that you could see happen where, you know, we, we see deals and trades get pushed into July, like mid-July, late July and August just because there's a lot of jockeying for position here? Yeah, I, I think the thing is, too, is that I, I don't think... I think teams are not crazy about the free agent market this year, Matty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think because of that, um, you know, there's there's a lot more talk about trades. And, and I think the Ryan Johansson deal is the one that really stands out. You know, they they would rather trade for a guy who's at two years, four million for them than go out and test free agency. So... Um, I think that that's how a lot of teams kind of feel. I think there's some free agents. Barbashev will get paid. I think Compro will get paid. There'll be others too. Um, but this guy, but like this, this year is a situation where I think teams like trades more than free agency. So, and I think the teams that have players to trade kind of know that. 
Is there is there one team that you think like I mentioned the Red Wings, and that's a team that kind of yeah. stands out to me of of one that you know maybe there's a little bit of pressure to get back into the playoffs here, and maybe I think so, and maybe you know, an Alex DeBrincat trade is the is the thing that kind of helps you get over the hump. Is there another team? Maybe it is Detroit. Maybe there's another team that you look at and say, I'm really expecting them to kind of make a splash here because there is a pressure to get into the playoffs. Oh, uh, I I think that there's uh, I I think that there's a few teams. I think Ottawa. I think Detroit. I think that's a good call by you. I think Ottawa. I think Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's in the East. In the West, I don't think St. Louis wants another year like this one. Um, they would be a team I would absolutely mention. I, I think Winnipeg. I don't. I don't like they. They got a lot of players on the market, but they're not talking about a rebuild. They are talking about you know a getting players who can help them now. So, I mean, there's. I think there's five teams right right there: Winnipeg, St. Louis, uh, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit. I'm very curious about Nashville here too. They have a plan. They seem very confident in their plan, but uh, you know they. Uh, I'm really curious to see if they're going to try to make a splash uh, this week because, you know, they. I think they're trying to move up. I think it's just very hard to do it. Uh, just there's another thing I wanted to get in before we go uh, for the Vancouver audience. Do we have anything further on Ethan Baird? Do we, do we anticipate that he's going to be qualified or do you think that is pretty much a done deal that he won't be? Well, you know, I actually, I heard, you know, initially I heard they weren't going to qualify him. And now it sounds like they're considering it. So um, they've got to do that soon, I, right? Yeah, they got to do it by Friday. Yeah. Um, like put it this way: when Rick Dollawall first reported it, I was I I thought he was right that he was not getting qualified. It sounds like they're working on something there. So we'll see, you know, where this goes. I mean, the other the other thing here too is that you, the other thing you can talk about is you can either give them a qualifying offer or you can work out a new deal, right? So I wonder if there's, it, it sounds to me like, like there's, you know, the, 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 there's something going on underneath the surface where they're trying to work this all out. Like, you know, one other thing that Rick actually reported yesterday was uh, Ian Cole. And I, I do think that he's right about that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Cole's like, potentially a, like a, a two, three year guy for, for Vancouver. Like it wouldn't surprise me if that was something that they were talking about. Well, the next two, three days are going to be very interesting. And uh, like I said yesterday, let's pray for chaos. Elliot, I hope you have to charge your phone four times today. Thanks very much. And by the way, too, one thing I'm just about to tweet out, uh, I, there's, there's a word today that Max Comtois Hmm. may not be qualified by Ooh. Anaheim. So that's a very interesting a name UFA out there too. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of teams that would like to take a shot at him on a one or two year deal. I think that that yeah. is very much in the offing. All right. Thank you for that, Elliot. Uh, enjoy Nashville again. Uh, try not to have too much hot chicken and we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Take care, Matty. Speak to you tomorrow. Big day tomorrow. A lot going on. Let's have some fun. There he goes. Elliot Friedman, hockey night in Canada and 32 thoughts.